0: Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and best practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise. Presented by Deloitte. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer and host, and we have a very, very relevant topic today the future of mobile work. So, I have a question for all of you out there running organizations, companies in big industries all over the world. How can you give mobile workers flexible, full featured digital tools? That allow them to work seamlessly as part of the modern digital enterprise aligned with the specific needs of your business and your workforce. That's a big question on everybody's plate today. So join us today to reimagine work through the lens of SAP Asset Manager, which provides workers with cloud-based mobile functionality for supporting enterprise assets. You'll find out from our panel of specialists today about a number of innovations being developed through collaboration between Deloitte and SAP, delivering extensions, and That's an important word in our discussion, that leverage native device features, enhance the workforce experience, and unlock new value for the business. And that's what you're all looking for today. You're looking for new value, and that's what the Kinetic Enterprise is about. From dynamic scheduling, to IoT-integrated asset management, to HR administration, to team collaboration, I think we covered all the bases, these innovations provide a clear view of what lies ahead. For the mobile enterprise. We have four specialists today. We have Mark Malone at Apple, we have Ron Wagner at Deloitte, we also have Vincent Cruz at Deloitte, and we have Robert Wasserman at SAP. I'm gonna ask them for their take on the kinetic enterprise, the future of mobile work. Welcome. And now it's time for us to meet our panelists. So let's start with Mark Malone. Mark, please introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do. What makes you a specialist on this topic? And what's your overview, your take on the topic? Welcome, Mark Malone. Hey, thank
2: you very much, Bonnie. Um, uh, My overview of myself is uh, I've been at Apple for over 17 years. And before I joined Apple, I was doing systems integration consulting. So I'm sort of uh, tried and true. Even though I'm at a company that feels very consumer oriented from a branding perspective, I'm I'm tried and true enterprise, uh, all, all the way through my veins from sort of the beginning days of of me working. And uh, so this is a very passionate area for me, uh, especially the the melding of uh, Apple technologies uh, in the enterprise, where I think we've got a, a lot that we can really bring to bear in this market.
1: Mark, mobile workforce. Who isn't part of that today, right? It's it's the world. What do you think?
2: Well, a- absolutely, and it and it should be. Um, I, I think it's actually kind of frightening the the number of folks that are still not mobilized. I mean, uh, early on, and c- when computers started rolling out, you know, people got a laptop, and that was that was automating them. Right, that was getting them out, uh, allowing them to do work, quote unquote, in the field. But it it wasn't. Uh, Sort of the, the same level of, of, sort of capability that we have today. Now we've got these mobile devices. They're amazingly powerful. Everybody's got one in their pocket, frankly, and everybody should be doing work. I, I know that everybody wants to do work through these devices and not just because people want to work 100% all the time. I mean, but just think of all the times where you just want to clear your inbox. You just want to tick off a couple of things. You want to go in, knock a few things down, learn a bit, little bit about something before you jump into it at work. You want to do that on your own time and having to go sit at some laptop or heaven forbid going back to your desk at work and, and, and doing all this is, is cumbersome, right? So we do so much of our life uh, based on our, our mobile phones, you know, the apps that we use. We, we want to do that, the work that we do sort of the same sort of way at our convenience, Um, but also, you know, rigorously the the way that these apps are designed to, to make sure that you can do it that way.
1: Thank you, Mark. And a way you might say we're today in the mobile, mobile workforce. There we go. Thank you very much for your overview. As I was listening to you, that that dawned on me because we've been working off of devices for years and companies several years ago had a problem with how do you keep the integrity of your data, your proprietary information, your security. If somebody's on a, a little handheld device, they pull out of their pocket at a movie theater or on a sidewalk. So always a concern. Thank you, Mark. Let's move around the table slightly to Ron Webb. Wagner at Deloitte. Ron, welcome and please introduce yourself and let's also hear a little bit about your take on the topic, your passion, and what makes you a specialist on this. Ron Wagner.
3: Thank you, Bonnie. Um, I'm a managing director with Deloitte, been here for 24 years, Um, been doing SAP for over 26 years total. Um, I'm focused on the energy space, so powering utilities and oil and gas companies, so mobility comes into play there through field service management, through appointment scheduling. Um, and I've, I've seen the industry evolve over my time, over these decades. And the rise of consumer apps and the consumerization of, of mobile has really driven some of the innovations and the demands that customers are placing on my clients Uh, So for example, we call it the Amazon effect, where you can track your package on Amazon. You can see how many steps or how many stops uh, away from you they are with the delivery. You can see your service technician on many appointment scheduling apps. And that kind of experience, consumers are now expecting that from from my clients. So any kind of appointment scheduling you do with companies, um, consumers want to be able to interact with you along those lines. They want full visibility. They want to see a picture of the technician. So there's the trusted, you know, being able to trust who's arrived on site. So all these things are influencing the way companies are looking at mobile. And then you add in things like bring your own device. And as Mark Mm -hmm. was just saying, the need for folks to do work, it's more than just field appointment scheduling or, or field workers. It's really how do I interact with the enterprise? How do I get my work done? How do I have all the information available at my fingertips? So it's exciting times in this space.
1: I like the term exciting times. Thank you, Ron. We're always looking for optimism. So many challenges to doing business today and to working today. Thank you very much. Let's move around the table. Vincent Cruz, welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise. And please similarly introduce yourself and what's your passion for the topic. Welcome, Vincent.
4: Thanks, Bonnie. So, so yeah, Vincent Cruiser. Um, I'm a senior manager at Deloitte, working within the enterprise technology and performance practice. I've been working in the SAP space now for about 17 years, um, working across industry and worked in in most of the areas within SAP as well. At Deloitte, our leader recently announced global co-innovation agreement with SAP, which covers the entire mobile enterprise space, and I'm a global leader within SAP innovation in Deloitte. More recently, my focus has been on driving impact management within the Sustainable Development Goals but um, also leading innovation and ultimately humanizing SAP. So when, so when I look at innovation, I believe that innovation is critical to enabling the intelligent enterprise, mm-hmm. but not just innovation for the sake of innovation. We really need to transform the human experience at every touch point and to use innovation to do this. And a great example that I've um, mentioned in previous conversations before is I had um, so, so I was fortunate enough to work with a customer several months back, where we were asked to come in and reimagine their back of house process, and it was still pre-COVID, so we were able, so we were allowed to you know interact with customers and and go back of house and speak to people, mm-hmm. but um, in the initial design workshops, at the end of the first like two or three days, one of the people in the customer team stood up and said this is the first time in my 30 year career with this client that I feel that I am valued as an individual and that I feel Mm. that the company actually cares about what I do. Mm. And that is hugely powerful. And that is why I love this topic because the work that we do has the power to really transform the human experience. And in this case, make them feel valued as an individual.
1: Vincent, you, you, you stopped my heart there for a second. What a beautiful thought. We, we don't expect, and you talked about humanizing SAP. Well, how about humanizing technology? How about humanizing work? Getting back to the fact that it's all people. It's yeah. not just numbers and ID badges and and little boxes on Zoom. It's all about people. Thank you so much, Vincent. You almost made me cry. <laughs> I appreciate that. That was a really really lovely thought, and and I That's think everybody sure. will appreciate that. And now we have one more panelist, and he's saying, "When is she going to get to me?" It's Robert Wasserman and Robert's at SAP, and I will tell our listeners that I have the privilege of being visually on Zoom with my panelists today, and I can see them in their element and. Robert Robert is out in the wilderness somewhere in front of a tent with a fabulous lighting up the sky. It's a beautiful sunset. It doesn't matter where he really is, but virtually he's out in the wilderness. And we're so happy that you came in to join us. So, Robert Wasserman, please introduce yourself and tell us what you do, what makes you a specialist on this, and what's your take on mobile workforce? Welcome, Robert. Welcome, Robert.
5: Thank you, Bonnie, and uh, thank you for inviting me into the podcast. So my name is Robert Wassermann and I'm heading the product management in the SAP User Experience Mobile Center of Excellence at SAP. I work in this uh, industry for more than 25 years and joined SAP in 2005. At SAP, I worked in multiple roles in solution and product management and joined the mobile unit in 2016. One of our main responsibilities as product managers is to drive the market readiness and the rollout of SAP's native mobile applications for the intelligent enterprise. And one of our um, front-runner applications, as I would call it, is the SAP Asset Manager. And... uh, we're having many conversations with customers, obviously, and uh, there's one fundamental trend uh that uh, we see, and this is that uh, our customers really want to go the next step, mobilizing their employees. And this is not only true for the white-collar workers, but equally true for the blue-collar workers, like in manufacturing, on the shop floor, or in the warehouse. And... uh What many users, and we learn that from the interaction with the end user through user research activities, really require is to be flexible, to work flexibly. They don't want to be bound to one specific office, one workplace. And the current pandemic has shown that this is an absolute must that we, as of today, ensure that. Everyone can work everywhere and whenever they want. And uh, uh, one aspect of my work is also the uh, collaboration with strategic customers and partners like uh, with Deloitte. And uh, it's really nice to uh, collaborate with Vincent and the colleagues as part of the co-innovation partnership.
1: Thank you very much. And Robert, I have to go back to this. If we could imagine where you are with that beautiful sunset, I'm I'm not going to do it again, but where, where do you want us to believe you really are virtually? Really? Somewhere
5: in the Bavarian Alps would be nice.
1: Okay. And I would
5: like to be there as well.
1: (laughs) We can all virtually dream with you. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate your introductions and you're all very warm and engaging. and, And that's perfect for our topic the future of mobile work. Now we have the part of the show where I've asked each panelist to please send me an interesting quote from a person, a movie, a book, a song that has on its surface nothing to do with the topic. And they're going to tell us in their own words, what the quote does have to do with the topic. We're going to keep this really brief because four on the panel is a packed house, and we want to get to our discussion segment in a minute. So thank you all for the overview on the topic, Mark Malone. Let's go to your quote. You have a quote from Richard Feynman. Richard Phillips Feynman. Uh, he lived from 1918 to 1988. American theoretical physicist known for his work in the path integral formulation of quantum mechanics, the theory of quantum electrodynamics, the physics of the superfluidity of super. Cooled liquid helium, woo! And his work in particle physics, for which he proposed the parton model, P A R T O N. And I will just tell you that in the 1999 poll of 130 leading physicists around the world by the British journal Physics World, Richard Feynman was ranked as one of the top 10 greatest physicists of all time. Here's the quote Marcus elected the ultimate test of, of your knowledge is your ability to convey it to another. Ooh, what a great quote! Mark, why don't you take about two minutes tops and tell us why you picked this quote and what does the world has to do with mobile work?
2: Well, I, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, just that introduction of all his accolades it should say enough about the 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 quality of the person. The thing that's always impressed me. Um, is just Richard's ability to explain incredibly dense topics in a way that is, you know, back to, uh, to you know, other panelist statements in an incredibly human, relatable way. Right? We're talking about QED. We're talking about difficult things, things that are math ridden, um, and he's able to explain them in ways that that really make sense. A lot of his lectures are still online. You can you can. Uh, uh, uh virtually attend them and just by sheer personality and desire to convey the deep meaning behind sort of all of this theoretical physics stuff he's able to get really people people excited about a particular uh, technology and really understand it in a way that's meaningful to them and that's kind of what we do. Um, on this team day in and day out, right? Everybody on your panel is, we deal with the nuts and bolts of technologies, APIs, right? Uh, we go into the weeds if we need to talk to somebody, but we also need to bubble up and say, this is valuable because, this matters because, this is easy to do, this should be easy to explain. And I think that's, it takes a while to get to that point, but mm-hmm. I think a deep understanding of something makes it, it makes it a lot easier to actually convey it in such a easy way.
1: Very interesting. Thank you very much. And we love quotes from Richard and We don't hear them too often. So thank you, Mark. Ron Wagner has sent us a quote from William of Ockham, O-C-K-H-A-M. And the quote is from something called Ockham's Razor. Ockham is also spelled O-C-C-A-M, O-C-H-A-M. And it is the law of parsimony a problem-solving principle that entities should not be multiplied without necessity. Let me read the Latin. Ron, I'm going to struggle through this, so please respect that I'm really trying. I do bad Hollywood accents a lot easier than this. Pluralitis non est ponenda sine necessitate. And the preferred translation is do not posit plurality without necessity. Ron Wagner, you have to debunk this. We have to unpack this for me, please. Go ahead, Ron.
3: Sure. <laughs> you know, Ockham's razor has been boiled down to, uh, properly speaking, into the simplest explanation is the best. But what he actually originally said was, don't posit plurality without necessity, or in other words, don't complicate things unnecessarily. And if I think about, you know, my days configuring SAP experiences on the desktop, um, that was very much a principle, right? As you think through the user experience, through the workflow, through the process, and you try not to build something that's um, illogical or you know flows naturally with the work that they're doing. And that same concept I found with mobile is a hundred x, right? You you really have to simplify and make the user experience on mobile intuitive. And the consequences of not doing so are very different with mobile compared to the desktop. Um, you know, whereas desktop users, their job is to interact with the system day in, day out. Their entire job might involve doing what they do um, through an application. But with mobile users, their real job is something else. And mobile needs to be an extension of that and support that in a very intuitive and seamless way and not in a way that detracts from what they really need to do. And I'm using the example of field service where they're out turning wrenches, visiting sites, interacting with customers. Mobile should support that. It shouldn't replace it or make it complicated. And the consequences of not getting that right, uh, you know, whereas a desktop user will say, hey, this isn't working. Help me through this or get them better training. So what we've found with mobile users is if you don't get it right, they just toss the device. Like, oh, this, this is terrible. This doesn't work for me. I'm going back to paper or I'm going to do it this other way. Um, so the user experience is extremely important and really the primary objective with mobile enablement. And that's that's what I was thinking of when I read that quote. and It's a favorite of mine because it has so many different uses and applications.
1: Thank you, Ron. I'm thinking of the KISS principle, and I'll say it in the most pleasant way. Keep it simple, silly. We'll just keep yes. silly as the last Absolutely. word instead of the word that everybody wants to hear. So there. thank you. I heard recently, if you can't explain something to, I think it's a 14-year-old or a 12-year-old in a way they can understand you don't know the topic well enough to distill it down to that level. Interesting concept. We're not talking about attention spans. We're talking about being able to capture something in your mind and understand it. Thank you. Very interesting quotes. Vincent Cruza, we're looking at your quote from Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Wilhelm Van Gogh, 1853 to 1890, a Dutch post-impressionist painter who is among the most famous and influential figures in the history of Western art. In just over 10 years, that's a decade, he created, everybody sit down for this, 2,100 artworks, including 860 oil paintings, most of which date from the last two years of his life. Very interesting, and he died very young. So here is the quote. Whoever loves much, performs much, and can accomplish much, and what is done in love is done well. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Vincent, talk to me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bonnie. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I had to scroll through quite a number of quotes online to eventually find something that I felt like really stood out at me and, and, um, you know, I scrolled past this one and really stood out and I kept on going, but then kept coming back to this one. And um, so I thought, you know, let's, let's use it in the show. And, and I think, you know, it's something that holds, true for so much of what we do in our corporate lives as well as our personal lives and for me from a personal perspective this is something that i try and live by and practice in all my interactions because ultimately you know you want to treat people the same way as you would like them to treat you but if i bring this back to a corporate world and i translate it in a way that that if you don't love what you do you're never going to achieve your full potential And human interaction and the human experience is a core component of everything we do. And people can pick up on whether you're in the moment or not. So if we think of the human experience and how we interact with technology, there are still many, many business problems that need to be solved in innovative ways. And if we can't fall in love with the problem and really love what we do, then we can't deliver a great experience.
1: Wow. You have to stop doing that, Vincent. You brought me to tears again. (laughs) Seriously, the quotes are great and we're going to wrap up the quote segment with one from Robert. I'm not going to cry about this one, but I'll tell you this is the most memorable quote in all of the Star Wars movie franchise. Of course, it's from The Empire Strikes Back, also known as Star Wars Episode 5: The Empire Strikes Back, 1980 American epic space opera. I love that space opera film based on a story by George Lucas. It's the second film in the Star Wars film series. It's the fifth chronologically. The sequel to Star Wars from 1977, and who didn't see that? Set three years after the events of the first film, the Galactic Empire, under the leadership of Darth Vader and the Emperor, pursues Luke Skywalker and the rest of the Rebel Alliance. While Vader relentlessly pursues Luke's friends, Luke studies the Force under Jedi Master Yoda. And here is the quote, and this is another, it's a zinger, it's a good one, Robert. Do or do not, there is no try. Ooh, goosebumps. Robert, talk to me. How'd you find this one?
5: Very good. Very good and convincing. Thank you so much. Yeah, (laughs) I bet this is rather an unusual one, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) For me, uh, this quote is actually a reference to all the great science fiction series and movies. Um, And the whole genre uh, with uh, Star Wars and its characters, you just mentioned, um, being one of the lighthouse sagas. When I grew up, I was fascinated by watching science fiction series and movies like Star Wars, Star Trek, Blade Runner or Terminator, just to name a few. And especially because of the technology that is used, like starships, transporter, flying cars, robots, you name it. And when we look back today at the times and the series movies of the 60s, 70s, or 80s, we see quite some of these future technologies that are available today, like drones or robots or self-driving cars, smart homes, and also smartphones. And for me, this really ties nicely into the topic of this podcast, the future of mobile work, which I personally find really super interesting and exciting because I would like to find out what technologies and innovations will shape the future workplace and how we can help our customers identify those innovations that really deliver the benefits and competitive advantage they are looking for.
1: Thank you very much. I have to applaud the panel for wonderful quotes. Thank you all for putting time and, and effort into it. It's a, just a delightful part where we get to hear how you think and what's important to you. So now we're going to dive deeply into the discussion part of the formal roundtable. Mark Malone, you're up first. And Mark, we've been talking about this around this since we started the show, but I'm going to read your statement number one, because I think it's a good way to dive into our roundtable for a certain, for sure, in earnest, and then what what I'd like you to do is take about two minutes and expand this. You can bring in mobile asset management if you want. uh, And I'm going to let you go for about two and a half minutes and then we're going to go around the table, Ron and then Vincent and Robert, and ask them to agree or disagree or just add commentary, add their own thought leadership to what you said, Mark. Then I'll pick a statement from Ron. We'll go around the table, one from Vincent and one from Robert. Let's see how far we can go. So Mark told me the following. It just caps the statement really, really nicely caps our topic. Mobility matters. It's time to mobilize the enterprise. Mobilized business apps should be easy to create, use, and manage, and should be highly secure. If you want to focus on secure? That would be great. Mark Malone, two and a half minutes. It's all yours.
2: Ah, uh, start and start the timer. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, creating applications for people to use um, is 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 cumbersome in some ways. In that you have to spend time with the individuals, like uh, Vincent said, you have to spend time really understanding what they need? What is the, the purpose of a particular exercise that they do in, in their job? And uh, and that takes time. And I, I think one of the, the key protocols that we have in place working with SAP, working with Deloitte is to really get to that end user, find out their needs, find out exactly how they do business and what sort of efficiencies do, have they learned in doing their job? And then how can we translate that into an application? And you know, other folks that are in the room during these discussions, especially if you're in, in charge of writing a check for these things or, or, or building it and you have no knowledge of the tools that are available to you, or you're in charge of corporate security, you're thinking, okay, this, this basket of awesome that this employee wants, that sounds great, but it sounds expensive to create. It sounds hard to create. Do I have the skills to do it? And, like, and these folks are going to go out and do it in the field. Well, where's the data going? Is it being captured by other apps on the, de- the device, right? Is this a BYOD device? Then then maybe I have to worry about, you know, the, the, the safety of my corporate information. So we, we we easily go and connect with the end user when we go and design one of these applications. But part of our dual job is to, allay the, the innate fears, I would say, of the business in that their information is highly secure. We have technologies built into our platform to make sure that the connections to the backend are secure. With VPN, we do all sorts of tunneling. We've got capabilities there to make sure the data is secure, secure on device as well. Uh, business data is completely segregated, and it's also segregated on a per app basis. So even another application can't see what another one's doing. And of course, the, the tool set that Apple provides, so our SDK, software development kits, uh, we work closely with the folks at Deloitte and closely in partnership with SAP on creating a tool set that makes it easier for developers to go and build these theoretically complex business applications. You wanna to connect to a backend, an SAP backend, it's a couple of calls. You wanna authenticate, SAP takes care of that, easy to drop into an app and go. So the, the goal is to make these things really answer to the user, but also you know, the rest of the corporate structure needs to be satisfied. And I, th- I think we've got the, 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 the perfect plate of, of technologies and capabilities on the, across our platforms to really satisfy those needs.
1: Thank you. And Mark, one thing you said jumped out at me. It's a very quotable moment. You say, um, I think that's what you said employees want a basket of awesome. <laughs> it's true. That, that's, that's never heard it work. said that way. That, that's, that's one of those moments that w- I will never forget. Let's go around the table. Ron Wagner, you're up. Please come and engage, agree, disagree, whatever you want with Mark Malone. I think I know where you're going to go with this, but go ahead, Ron. Two minutes. Go ahead. Thanks,
3: uh, yeah, totally agree. Um, basket of awesome, I think, is, is is a good good way to frame it. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, right, around the, you know, simplifying the experience, um, managing the number of clicks. So mobile's very different where, you know, maybe historically in the past, um, our clients would look at extending the desktop experience and it's really just replicating what they had in the office. On their phone, but it's very different now. We're thinking way beyond that and thinking how to make things natively mobile first. Um, so it's and it's not easy to do. As Mark was alluding to, there's data secure security issues. There's being able to secure the tunnel to communicate back to ERP. Um, there's all these concerns when you develop a mobility strategy around how do you create the same kind of flexibility that you had on a desktop where you could do app development on the fly and deploy it, knowing you had the full security of, of the corporate backbone behind that. So how do you replicate that same experience on mobile, but at the same time, you know, make it a basket of awesome, make it an intuitive user experience, something that's truly unique and different and transformative as compared to the desktop experience. So that's really the focus, I think, of, of a lot of the mobility strategies we're doing now and the software that we're enabling for our clients to deliver those experiences on mobile.
1: Thank you. Vincent Cruza, join us. Thoughts, please.
4: Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, something that Mark said that uh, that that really stood out to me was, you know, making apps easy to create. And a number of years ago, actually quite a number of years ago, um, I, I wrote my own apps. So I, had, so I had written a couple of apps, which I sold on the Apple App Store. Mm-hmm. Um Sold a few thousand, but then, but, mm. but it very quickly became something that needed to really be managed. And it, I mean, you effectively creating your own software company by building these apps and managing users and all the rest. And if I look at what SAP and Apple have done together in developing the SDK that now lets you take advantage of the new functionality and features that Apple bring to their development, portfolio, you know, to their development suite, it is, it's become so simple to build native applications on top of SAP with, uh, you know, obviously with um, Apple's help. And it has just changed the game completely. So when I was still building apps, it was, you know, you had to manually build every single screen. You had to do a lot of it in code. And there was a lot of work to do. But now a lot of that manual work has been taken out and it's been greatly simplified. So using the SDK and using the new MDK that's available, that is um, being used um, within i extension portfolio currently, to enhance SAP Asset Manager as well, the, you know, it really is now limited by, by your imagination and how far you want to take these applications and by the type of experience that you want to deliver to the users that you're building these apps for.
1: Thank you very much. Nice to meet an app developer. This is a first. So,
4: Next uh, app developer. <laughs>
1: Once an app developer, always an app. It's permanently in your bio, so we'll just go with that. Robert Wasserman, love to have you join us. Please chime in. Go ahead, Robert.
5: Yeah, I uh, also absolutely agree with what the colleagues already mentioned. So, um, building the SDK for iOS, uh, really uh, enables our customers and partners to build either custom developments. So applications they would use internally only or build extensions on top of the standard applications that we are bringing to the market and, um, One important aspect that uh, our customers really have a focus on is to be able to use the device and platform capabilities, yeah, like a built-in camera to scan barcodes or QR codes or something more complex, like using on-device artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities. This is really what delivers the next uh, step and uh, really helps our customers to drive their roadmap towards digital transformation. And on the authentication and security topic, I was just uh, on a call with a customer today where uh, we were discussing their requirements in terms of ensuring that only authorized users have access to the app and the data, and how MDM solutions can be used in order to provide, for example, conditional access. So, this is also a very, very important topic where the whole mobile platform is absolutely important and crucial to deliver and support that.
1: Thank you very much, Mark Malone. Thank you for a good conversation starter. We appreciate that. Let's move on to Ron Wagner. Ron, I'm looking at your statement number two. Let me read the first sentence and then you can run with it. We'll go around the table. Ron told me before the show, cloud-based tools with seamless SAP integration, as well as GIS spatial views native to the app are now available, but user experience is still a critical deployment consideration. Ron, please unpack this, and then we'll go around the table and ask your colleagues on the panel to see what they have to say.
3: Sure. Uh, So the MAP integration that's native with Asset Manager is is exciting functionality, and particularly in the industry that I serve, where these are asset-heavy companies that have significant deployed assets in the field, be they gas pipelines or electrical conductor and power poles, um, and the ability to know where you are in the system, to be able to pull up assets on a map, to be able to see work orders and work that's going on around you on a map, that, those are critical use cases that have long been uh, you know minimum requirements for the mobile experience in the field. And then Robert mentioned some you know some other things like uh, artificial intelligence, and we're starting to see those things brought in on top of those layers. Um, So there's use cases where we've used artificial intelligence to help frame assets that they're taking pictures of. So you think, oh, great, everyone's got a camera on their mobile app now. We can capture um, images in the field and use that for updating asset records. But it's not so simple as it sounds. And one of the challenges with that is properly framing things so that you get the right angles and you can an asset technician or a GIS technician can identify the asset back in the office. Um, And that's where AI comes in to help them frame it correctly around a particular asset based on the asset type, the correct angle to take. Um, And that's an exciting use case. There's augmented reality use cases on top of that to um, leverage the GIS coordinates, GPS coordinate data, along with the asset database, the equipment record database. And then using that to triangulate what you're looking at, and then automatically overlay safety information, instructions for teardown of an asset, uh, technical manuals, bulletins, recall information, all those sorts of things. So, a lot of different technologies are converging now in mobile to make that happen, and it's you know, really just the tip of the iceberg. There's much more to come in the next years, next few years.
1: Exciting and optimistic, Vincent Cruz. Please join us. Thoughts on what Ranja shared.
4: Thanks.: Yes, so, so a lot of what Ron was saying actually actually reminded me of an example that we are currently designing for our extension portfolio together with, um, together with a customer, obviously in the asset-intensive industry. And the customer is, 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 is receiving a lot of damage to their assets in the field, and they are struggling with soaring costs to repair. And when doing basic checks around this, i very quickly seeing that a lot of these costs or, or this repair work is actually fraudulent. They have third parties repairing the assets. They are submitting the same claim for the for or multiple claims for the same asset, or submitting a claim that far exceeds the actual cost of the repair, all to make a little bit of money on the side. So we have we have been been doing some work with a few um, SMEs in the industry, as well as with SAP, to Determine what is the best way that we can help, the, help this customer. And we thought, well, what better way than to use the camera and some of the native device controls that are available on the device? So we have, um, well, we, so we're currently designing an extension that allows you to photograph the asset as well as photograph the damage of the asset, the damage that has occurred to the asset. Mm-hmm. And from these photographs, using artificial intelligence and machine learning, we're able to identify the asset, identify the location of the asset through GPS, scrape the asset number or name of the asset, and through, um, and, and, and through the native on-device machine learning capabilities, provide a, a real-world recommendation as to what the cost of the repair would be. So that way, you're greatly reducing any fraudulent activity and helping the cash position of that company but you, but you're also automating a lot of the process. So you're not leaving it up to a, a, a person in the field to determine what the cost of that repair is going to be. The device and the technology behind it is handling all of that for you. It provides you with a recommendation, and if you accept that recommendation, it then works through the approval process. But then we didn't just allow it to, you know, blindly go and push anything through the approval process. We wanted it to also do a little bit, of, you know, you know, a few extra checks on the side as well. So it will check that asset that you're maintaining. Has it been maintained for the same damage before? So, so is this just a repeat offender trying to do the same thing again? Um, are there certain, certain types of damage that we're seeing more frequently? And is this something that we could do from a preventative perspective to reduce the damage that we've seen to our assets? We're trying to build all of this functionality into the, into the extension by using as many of the native device features as possible and the, and, and the power that that delivers is that you can do this offline. So you don't then need to be in an always online environment and have access to a big machine learning server off in the cloud somewhere. You could run it on device um, out in the mining site where there's potentially no internet access or out on an oil rig and then have a, an, an accurate estimate for the repair delivered to your mobile device and you could kick the process off.
1: Very, very interesting. Uh, The the concept of fraudulent requests for repairs, that was uh, something that was new to me. Thank you, Vincent. Appreciate the scenario and the fact that you can do this offline. Very interesting. Robert Wasserman, please join us. Thoughts?
5: Yeah, actually, uh, another nice um, extension uh, that uh, Deloitte uh, brought to the market is uh, an NFC tag reader which uh, Vincent and I just uh, recently discussed. And uh, the nice thing, although NFC technology is not really new and and not as fancy as, for example, augmented reality or machine learning capabilities, it really helps to enhance the compliance and adherence to regulatory requirements because it allows um, to actually scan that um, NFC tech to immediately view the latest inspection history. And uh, even that is possible also in an offline environment. And uh, if you are the maintenance technician actually that works on that, um, on that asset, Um, You can uh, transfer everything that you just did in terms of repairs or you added any spare parts or the work order information. You can add that to the NFC tag and that then again can be read by anyone else later on.
1: Thank you very much. Fascinating. Mark Malone, join us. Let's wrap up this topic. What do you see? What would you like to share with us?
2: Yeah, well, I don't want to steal any thunder from any future conversations, but I mean, all of this talks to uh, the value of intelligence on the, the hardware itself. Uh, <clears throat> like Robert mentioned, doing NFC scanning. Um If you want to do validated NFC scanning, you can combine it with uh, latitude, longitude information that's gathered from the device. So, oh, I'm scanning this thing at this particular location. I can combine those two. So using the various sensors that we have on the device, you can create something that is more than just, oh, let me take a picture of something upload it to a service and, and promise that, that, you know, that's where this particular thing, thing happened. Uh, the, the, these, these devices are all about mobility and sort of the killer app aspect of them is they know where they are. They know where they are in space. Uh, they have accelerometers and a gyroscope, so they know their motion as well. They have a compass in them. They know which direction they're facing. There's a lot of intelligence that you can provide while people are out in the field, just purely based on on location information. And so sort of combining these uh, together allow you to create a solution that's, that's, that's bigger than just sort of the sum of all of those, those, those parts.
1: Thank you. Great around the table. Ron, thank you for an interesting conversation starter. Let's go to one from Vincent Cruz. And Now, Vincent, I'm looking at statement number one. You say, in the current climate, worker safety is one of the greatest concerns for organizations, especially with employees in the field. By leveraging mobile technology in the right way, we can ensure worker safety and timely job completion. Those two go together hopefully very well. Vincent, please elaborate, and then we'll very briefly go around the table and get reactions. Go ahead, Vincent. Oh, thanks.
4: So so I believe that enterprises in general are still quite a far way off from developing mobile applications to take full advantage of the capabilities offered through mobile technology. So this is something that Mark alluded to, and I think everyone on the call has kind of alluded to as well, is that you know, um, apps are just being delivered for the, for the sake of delivering applications, but no one is, or very few people are taking full advantage of the technology available. So this might be an old example um, that I've given before, but, but I think it's still relevant today and um, hopefully to get your thought process moving in the right mobile type, um, mobile type direction. So take time sheets as an example. And it wasn't too long ago that employees used clock-in cards. And I, and, um, I know some businesses today actually still use clock-in cards. In fact, the first, the first client I ever worked for, I had to take a clock-in card and clock in and out. But from there, it just went to another paper-based form. And it was just another paper-based way of, of, of capturing time. And then the digital revolution came along. And all that happened was they took this paper-based form and digitized it and just put it on a mobile device or on a desktop. But there was no real innovation. There was nothing. There was no way to look at the human experience or to look at what is available within the mobile technology that people carry around with them today that can take this to the next level. So if we, So if we cast our minds back to a pre-COVID world where we still used to travel, and where we'd go to trade shows and where we'd go out for lunches and interact with, um, with, with real people <laughs> instead of um, digital Zoom people, we, you know, our phones were always on, and we always had them with us. And our phones have got data about everything that, we've, that we do and interact with. They've got access to our calendars. They've got access to our location through GPS. They've got access to the WBS codes that we charge our time and expenses against. They've got access to our clients and our client information, our timesheet applications, our expense applications, and our camera. So at the end of the week, instead of manually going and entering in your time into a digitized form and manually submitting all your expenses, imagine if you could just have a mobile card that just pops up on your mobile device. And all you have to do is scroll through the card and confirm that the information is correct and hit submit. So to... So to give you a a simple example of that would be your phone knows it or would know that I spent four hours on Tuesday morning at the SAP offices. Now it knows that SAP are one of my clients, so it would then charge four hours to the SAP WBS. It can also see that I photographed a receipt which looks like a, a, a lunch receipt at lunchtime while at the SAP offices. So the chances are that it's going to be a lunch expense charged to SAP. And it would automatically assign it to the expense portion of the mobile card. And it would scrape all the necessary data off the receipt. So the cost, um, the restaurant name, and from the GPS coordinates of the photo, you would have the location as well tagged to the client. So I would just scroll to the bottom, hit submit, and everything is posted into the relevant systems. No need to manually go and enter information. saving, Saving, you know. Most people, tens of minutes, but some people who have seen stacks of expenses on their desks, saving them hours at the end of the week, trying to capture all these expenses and capture all the time to just submit everything. And it's such a simple, simple concept. And it's this mindset that steers our co-innovation work with SAP and with Apple. So to use mobile technology in its most effective way possible to not only transform the way employees engage with the business, to ensure that their health and safety are front of mind.
1: Thank you very much. Good topic. Let's go around the table very briefly. We're on the clock now. I want to make sure we get more in. Robert Wasserman, please respond to Vincent. Go ahead, Robert.
5: Yeah, let me uh, briefly uh, talk about worker safety. Uh, so, when talking to our customers, worker safety is really a top concern for them. The companies want to protect their workforce. And with uh, SAP asset manager, one of the items we have on our roadmap is work clearance management. And this helps uh, to support the overall work safety with delivering, for example, a list of preparational steps the technician has to complete before starting the maintenance or repair process, which ensures that the maintenance or repair activity takes place in a secure environment and no other employee is in danger. Something else we foresee for the future are wearables like vests that include sensors that can detect temperatures, noise levels or gases that cannot be detected by humans. So if something unusual is detected, a smartwatch like an Apple Watch can provide a warning to the user, and this, again, helps greatly with protecting their people.
1: Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Mark Malone, what do you think?
5: Uh, uh, safety,
2: absolutely. It's it's part of all of the asset maintenance showcase applications that we put together as sort of the front-leading uh, uh, demos that we want people to understand when we uh, design these these applications, and we think that this, this is a, a relevant place for us. Um, the, the, the beauty of mobile is you're out there in the field. You're at the point where, you're, where something can go wrong uh, and you need immediate help, right? So you've got a phone. It's, it's right there, right? You've got maps in the device. You've got custom maps. You can do indoor mapping of factory floors, those types of things, where the person that was there be, before you could have dropped a pin on the map and said, there's an oil spill here walk around this area. Or they could have dropped another pin or drawn a circle around a particular area saying, this is the danger zone. This is the safe path in order to go and get to this particular area. Uh, We have geofences that you can go and set as well. So, as somebody walks through an environment, if they bridge some sort of border out of a safety zone, they can get uh, the device to Show an alert, play a sound, indicate to them that, you know, there's a safety hazard nearby or they're within a particular range of that. So the, the worker safety is, is key. We try to make sure that the apps that we design as, as part of the partnership are not apps that require somebody to be looking at the device 100% of the time as well. So we're highly cognizant of the fact that you know, we don't want people walking around in a dangerous area, looking at a screen all of the time and then tripping over something and being co- being part of the problem versus part of the solution as well. So everything that we build is very tactical, get in, do something on your device, get out, but still have a lot of safety features built into it as well.
1: Thank you very much. Ron Wagner, let's wrap up this topic. What's your point of view? Please share it.
2: I just
3: agree with all of that. I think we're converging a lot of technologies that are now available through mobile to, to deliver on safety and, and timesheet management and, and all the things we just talked about. Another use case that comes to mind um, is with my clients in the gas distribution space. Um, obviously, that's volatile gas. It's highly explosive. There's oftentimes damage to property or, or loss of life. So managing their assets and understanding what's buried where is extremely important. And asset manager is a really critical piece along with the GIS integration for the map data, for the asset register data for your asset registry, um, and the GPS coordinates that are native on on the devices. All of that comes together to manage batch tracking and traceability. And what that is, is the ability to know exactly what assets you have buried exactly where and that way if there's a batch recall from the manufacturer they can go back to their asset records and using the mobile data gps coordinates that were captured at the point where they joined a pipe and where they buried it in the ground they're able to identify that location and go and just dig up that specific location so there's avoided cost from not having explosions and maintaining safety there's avoided cost from not having to extensively dig up your network because you weren't sure where you where you installed a certain batch and all of that's enabled through this convergence of the different technologies on mobile and GIS and GPS.
1: Thank you very much. I think what I'm going to do now, because we're looking at the clock here, Robert Wasserman, I'm just going to read the first line from your statement number four. We don't have time to go around the table and I want the rest of the panelists please to prepare a two sentence crystal ball prediction on the future of what we've been talking about today and get ready for that. Robert, I'm just going to read the first sentence and give you about 90 seconds to expand it. I think it's a good way to cap off this part of the show. Robert told me before the show in mobile asset management, each industry and each customer have different requirements. Robert, just a little bit. Talk to me.
5: Yes, sure. So, uh, yes, when we are talking to customers, uh, even in the same industry, they all have their uh, different uh, requirements. Yeah. And those really range from relative simple UI adjustments like color coding or adding um, the corporate logo or other fields. Uh, but most of them really have in-depth uh, requirements that would enforce them to also so it just the business process and the business logic. And the beauty is that with the SAP uh, Cloud Platform SDK and our mobile development kit that we provide as part of the SAP Cloud Platform, we really provide these tools that, uh, again, enable customers and partners to develop their own custom applications or enhance our standard applications like the SAP asset manager. And again, there are various use cases out there. Like we already have discussed with the NFC tag reader or others.
1: Thank you very much, gentlemen. What a great conversation. I've learned so much from all of you. And now let's add one more learning aspect to it. Crystal ball predictions round. I can give you 30 seconds. If you can squeeze two sentences into that bless you and Ron Wagner predict, please crystal ball.
3: You know, in our lifetimes, we've seen uh, technology go from the mainframe to the mini computer, to the PC, to the laptop, to now mobile devices. And I think the mobile revolution is going to be the biggest of all of those by far. And there's been lots of of examples given here, just the ones we know about today and not even what's coming next. Um, Wearables was mentioned, which will also be in a really important. Um, factor. And and I think my prediction after that is that the device vanishes. And we're already starting to see that with Amazon Alexa, Mm -hmm. right? And through the Apple Watch and through iPhones, we're able to communicate through voice. Eventually, I think technology will just disappear and it'll be so ubiquitous. It's with us everywhere, assisting us along the way, capturing our time, our location, doing our job for us, bots in the background running around. So even
4: more to come.
1: Thank you, Vincent Cruzo. What do you think? Beat, beat, quick, quick.
4: For me, it's one word. It's, it's empathy. I think, I think oh, empathy will God. be at the heart of future business. Um, because at the end of the day, without empathy, we cannot deliver a truly positive experience. And empathy allows us to really focus on the individual and deliver a unique experience, always supported by intelligent technologies.
1: Thank you. Robert Wasserman, you get the last word. What do you see?
5: Um, I see more technologies and innovation become commodities. And what I mean by that is that they become enterprise-ready in terms of maturity, total cost of ownership, and the business benefit they uh, deliver to the customer and the end user. And examples here definitely, are artificial intelligence and machine learning use cases, sensors and biometrics? Personalization is something that we will see uh, more often. 5G will enable significant innovations on mobile devices. And one last thing a land speeder would be cool as well.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. And my great appreciation to Mark Malone at Apple. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Ron Wagner and Vincent Cruza at Deloitte. Thank you, gentlemen, and Robert Wasserman at SAP out in a tent somewhere in the, in the valley. And thank you also to the sponsors of the series. Malia Aguilar is always with us. Great support for every show. Carla Neal and Helen Tomas at Deloitte. And thank you to Matt, our engineer at World Talk Radio, the business channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, signing off for... Another very interesting and very lively episode of The Kinetic Enterprise by Deloitte. Everybody wave goodbye. Have a great day. Be safe. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to The Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com slash SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.